Well, good morning. Welcome to everyone that is here with us in person, and for those who are with us online, welcome. We are glad to be able to spend these moments together singing of a Jesus who is strong and kind. We get to settle our thoughts and our affections on that particular thought, that picture, that idea this morning as we continue on in our Advent series that's focused on the wonders of his love. And today we're considering how Jesus is the shepherd, and as the shepherd, he carries us close. So if you have a Bible, please open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 40. Our series has been moving through portions of Isaiah and showing us how Jesus is there. He's, his promise, the promise of Jesus is there in the pages of Isaiah, and so we're going to hopefully be greatly encouraged by that this morning. I want to read Isaiah chapter 40, verses 9 through 11, as we consider Jesus the shepherd who carries us close. Hear these words. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up and fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. As we consider your word this morning, we pray that you would be with us, that you would bring in, gather in maybe our distracted thoughts and our minds and our hearts. Maybe maybe they're weighed down with heaviness, and maybe we're even here despairing. And, And so, God, I pray that you would just gather us in and that we would see here in your word your character and your worth, your goodness, and that we would indeed marvel and wonder at your love. So be with us as we come to your word, we pray. We ask Christ's name, amen. And again, maybe you did come in here this morning and you sat down in this room or maybe in the room that you're in right now as you're watching online and you are discouraged or frustrated, weary, disenchanted, cynical or empty or or some sort of combination of all of them. And maybe you wonder deep in your heart if God cares at all about any of that. Is he even aware of it? Or maybe you come in here and you wonder, how does Jesus feel about me today, this morning, right now? Well, Jesus has some words for us and, and apparently he really is wanting us to hear these words Our worship team just read them to us, and we're going to consider them again. Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's right, with all your discouragement, all your frustration, your weariness, your disenchantedness, your cynicism, 
your emptiness. Come to Jesus and He has in store for you rest. Rest. In the book, Gentle and Lowly, which we gave away this fall and we still have copies of. So if you weren't with us when we were giving this away, you are free to get one of these out in the lobby. We have a bunch left and and encourage you to pick it up and read and encourage your hearts with it. But Dane Ortland, the author, encourages us with these words, reflecting upon the truth that Jesus is saying to us. He says, you don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. No payment required, he says. I will give you rest. His rest is gift, not transaction. Come. Advent season has been a call to come come to Christ. He came into our world to rescue and redeem, as our adult class focused on this morning as we were moving through Micah, to rescue and redeem and to give us rest. And he does that because he is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd who comes and carries us close. He carries us close. And as Jesus carries us close, we, we gain some things from Him. First, we, we're going to find that we gain comfort. As Jesus, the shepherd, who fulfills these promises, comes and gathers us up and carries us, we gain and have comfort. Comfort from our shepherd. And we also gain courage this life. We gain courage for this life, to live this life following our shepherd. And so my hope is this morning for whatever condition you may have been in when you came into this room and sat down or, or whatever room you're in right now sitting there thinking and reflecting upon these things, my hope for us is that we would see in Christ the one who carries us and gives to us comfort, gives to us courage. We don't try to just sort of do the, the I'm okay, I'm doing fine kind of speech. We dress up the outside, but on the inside we're, we're wearing away. We actually come and we find Christ as the one who carries us. And it's okay to say, I need comfort and I need courage. Let's consider that together. As Jesus carries us close, we have comfort. Oh, comfort, comfort, oh, how we need it. And it's important as we consider that because the context of Isaiah 40 is helping us see that in the promises of God that are eventually fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ, there and there alone lies our comfort. Context of Isaiah 40, first of all, leads off with or is on the heels of, excuse me, some very bad news. Some very bad news. It's been the case in our series through this. If we look at the passage just before the one that we're considering, we get the bad news. So if you have a Bible, look at, at the end of Isaiah 39. Words will certainly be on the screen. Isaiah 39, verses 5 through 7, give us some bad news. 
Then Isaiah, the prophet who was sent to speak to the king and to the people of God, said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up to this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Bad news is coming during a time at the moment of relative comfort and prosperity for the people of God. In their day, in that time, in this bad news moment that is then followed up with incredible news, there was a lot, a lot of half-hearted devotion. There was a lot of fake spirituality. There was a lot of culturally informed tradition. There was no vibrancy of faith or worship, but there was plenty of wealth and comfort. But the bad news was that it was all coming to a devastating end. Those words, nothing shall be left. Staggering. That's the context of God's dealing with sin. He does so in very sweeping fashions. He will be just and he will judge sin for what it is. Rejection and abandonment and rebellion against him and his character, his worth, his works, his ways, his word. The seriousness of sin and the seriousness of God's holiness. And yet, in the midst of that very seriousness comes some seriously good news. Isaiah 40 begins and says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This is amazing, this sin of the people of God. They, they abandoned him and rejected him and were living after following fake gods. And, and then coming back to the real God and saying, hey, our life is basically okay. You should accept us. I mean, how awful would that be? And yet God is still saying, there is room for pardon in his purposes. That's some serious comfort. And this comfort, this comfort that comes to the people comes in three ways in our passage in the uh, passage of Isaiah 40. In verses 3 through 5 we find that God is sovereign. If you take note of verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. He is over all things. He's in charge. He's able to bring comfort to his people because he is sovereign over all things. And what he says, you can count on. And that's what we find in verses 6 through 8, that God's word is sure. The grass, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. He will see his promise all the way through. He's not going to bail on his promises. He's not going to change his mind on his word. And then, then there's something, there's nothing outside of God that can prevent him from fulfilling what he has said he would do. As comfort comes from that reality that God's word is sure. And then in our passage, we find that in verses 9 through 11, that God comes as a warrior shepherd. 
He comes as a warrior shepherd. So he is over all things. Our comfort is because God is over all. Our comfort comes because God's word will come to pass. Nothing can stop it and he won't forget it or fail. And then as he comes down into our world, into our mess, into our humanity, he comes as a warrior shepherd. That is our comfort. That is our comfort. And we find that in Isaiah 40, verses 9 through 11, what we read, we have some seriously good news. We have some seriously good news. It's so good that the people of God are called to do something about it. In verse 9, go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. In the midst of sweeping, devastating judgment that is coming for their rebellion, there's still yet this overriding, even greater promise of restoration. And this restoration is to be heralded. It is to be proclaimed. You're to go to the highest place and boom it out. This is some good news. Good news that we have. And that good news is what we find in the rest of verse 9 and into verse 10. God is coming. The good news is God is coming. In the midst of all of our discouragements and our frustrations, in the midst of all the things that we wrestle with that pull our heart towards cynicism, our emptiness, in the midst of all the things that are hard in this life, we have good news. God is coming. He's going to bring an end to those things. This is good news. Herald it out. Boom it out from all the places. In verses uh, the, the end of 9 and into 10, as you're booming it out, it says, Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might. Comfort is good news because God comes. God comes all the way down into our world, into our humanity, into our situation. He doesn't skirt around it and, it, and he's not hologram. He enters it all the way in. And as he comes, he comes as a warrior shepherd. First, the warrior. God comes. In verse 10, Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. One commentator said this, is, this arm, this arm ruling, is, it's, it's a major reference in Isaiah, 40 through, Isaiah chapter 40 through chapter 55, and it and refers to the symbol of personal strength in action. God is coming to take on the fight. God is coming to fight for his people. Ultimately, we understand this speaking to his fight over sin, his fight over death, his fight over Satan. He comes to fight for his people. Our comfort is it found in the fact that God arrives to take up our fight. The fight against our sin, against death, against Satan. And when he shows up to take on that fight, 
Even in Isaiah's day, he could look forward and say with great confidence that it was a completed action, that God leaves the fight with his spoils of victory. And, and that he leaves with the rewards and the recompense. That is, he leaves with the spoils of victory. And the spoils of victory are his people. His people that he rescues. His people that he fought for. His people that he redeems. His people that he restores. That is his spoils. So he shows up mighty and strong. And he fights for his people against the enemies over their soul. And he does so in such a way that he leaves with the spoils of victory your very rescued and redeemed lives. Comfort in the midst of a wearying world. Comfort in the midst of things that are discouraging and frustrating. Comfort in the face of things that want to make you cynical. Comfort is found in that God shows up and takes on our fight. He also shows up as a shepherd. He shows up as a shepherd and note what he does in verse 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. That arm of might and power that fights against the enemy is that same arm that draws you up and out and scoops you in. Jesus is strong and he is kind. Strong against our enemies and kind and tender toward us. Notice that fourfold care. Notice, notice the things that Jesus does for his people. Note well what he does with those that are his enemy. He has victory. And then note what he does for those in his care. He tends to them tenderly. He provides shepherding care. He gathers in his arms. It means he gathers them together, which implies that they're scattered, so there's a corporate nature to this. Like he is gathering all of his people up together. There's an us dynamic to this picture. And then what does he do? He carries. He, that means he, to, he lifts up from a perilous situation into one of great security and care. And then he gently leads onward. To carefully lead to a place of rest and refreshment. This is an amazing amount of care that God has for us through Jesus. He, he tenderly gathers, carries, and leads us on. God doesn't rescue you from sin and sorrow in order to be a taskmaster you can never satisfy. The wonders of his love are evident in his purposeful gathering in and lifting up and carrying us onward. And I, I, I want to just encourage you with this question. 
what on earth, literally, what in this world wants to do that for you? What in this world can do that for you? Can gather you in and lift you up and carry you on? Who will carefully and tenderly deal with you and care with you and and watch over you? Are you expecting the things in this world that you can get to supply what only God has for you? When we all long for that sort of care. We may be sitting here and our souls are weary, longing for that sort of care in our lives. Are things like success going to do that? Is comforts going to, are they going to bring to us this sort of level of care? Is a relationship going to do that? Or some form of acceptance or possessions going to check that off in our soul? How about pleasures that we could chase? All kinds of pleasures that we could chase. Are they really going to do that? Are we going to be feeding the very thing that fuels our cynicism and our emptiness? My hope is that as we consider the advent and the wonders of his love on display in Jesus fulfilling all that God purposed and promised to, to fulfill, that we would see that in him and him alone right now, Right now is our, our hope and our source and place of comfort. Maybe this Advent season is really a call to you right now to consider the nature and character of God. That you, 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 you put the chips of your heart all in on who God is, what He has done the nature in which he has cared for you, he has fought against your enemies and he has scooped you up and gathered you in and he's carrying you right now onward. You stop asking something else to give what only God has in full measure. And I know that that might not change some of the dynamics in your life that are very hard. But I do know that will bring you comfort. That will bring you comfort. And from that comfort, you will gain courage to live out your life in the face of things that might be very hard, challenging, lonely, knowing the character and nature of God for you. Jesus carries us close and we from that have comfort for our soul. And we have courage. Courage for this life. Courage. From courage, or excuse me, from comfort we gain courage that does, that shows up in in these ways. I want us to consider this morning. Courage, first of all, that disarms our fears. We gain a courage as we see the character and nature of God on display here in our passage, fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We we get a courage that disarms our fear. Let's go back to verse 9 again. Go up on a mountain, a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, and then what does it say? Fear not. Fear not. 
you will find that expression in Isaiah many times over. Fear not. In light of all the obstacles in life, all the disappointments and discouragements, all the distractions, the ongoing struggle with your own sin, the ongoing struggle in a sinful world, there is an unrelenting tide of reasons for fear and doubt to, to waterlog your heart. There is an unrelenting tide of it. And here in the midst of that tide, God is saying, lift up your eyes. And see who I am and what I am doing and what I have done and will do. There you will get comfort and courage. Fear not. The good news of who God is and what He does is to be our steady call and our steady announcement. We are to be announcing this and this alone. This God and this God alone is our place of comfort and courage. And we are to be announcing that to each other, for us. We're to be announcing this to the world around us. This is the only place of comfort and courage. Whatever else you might find, it's, it's going to only provide you temporary kind of courage. Here and here alone, in who God is and what He has done, will you find the sort of courage. So announce it. Fear not. Do not be afraid of it. Labor to rehearse the good news to your heart. Labor to rehearse it. Work hard to rehearse your heart through the message of who God is and what He has done and how that's fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus and applied to your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Rehearse that to your heart. I say that again and again. Rehearse it to your heart. If I were to bring up our musicians and I would ask them, how long did it take you to feel confident and comfortable to play your instrument in front of a whole bunch of people? And they might say, I'm not there yet. <laughs> but they'll, they'll say, after, after many hours and hours and hours and hours of practicing and rehearsing and practicing and rehearsing, if you want your heart to be filled with courage, practice and rehearse, practice and rehearse to that heart who God is, what He has done, why it means everything, why you can count on it, why it won't let you down. Work your heart through that message again and again and again and again. Rehearse Rehearse, rehearse. Because the tide of all the things in this life, the tide of all the things in this life that can be discouraging to you, frustrating to you, hard on you, the struggles, they're not, that tide isn't stopping. It's not going to take off the holidays. In fact, it feels like it's stronger in the holidays. It feels like the undertow is all the more pressing in the holidays. If it's not going to take a break, if it's going to keep crashing down, then please hear this. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse this good news. It disarms our fears. Disarms 
our fears. Secondly, we gain courage that does just that, encourages our hearts, encourages our hearts. Look at what it says at the end of verse 9. Say to the cities of Judah, behold, now don't overlook this, your God. Behold, your God. With all your fears and all your flubs and all your failures, God doesn't toss you aside like dead weight. He actually draws near and he calls to us to come out of our sin and out of our shame and out of our struggle to see him. He calls out to us with grace and forgiveness and tender care. And he has that in full measure for weak and wobbly and wayward hearts. Labor. Labor to know God in deepening, heart-expanding ways. I want to ask you a question this morning. What do you need to do differently in your life right now to better behold your God? What do you need to do differently in your life right now to better behold your God? I can't answer that question for you. And there, however many people are in here, is that, that's going to be that many different answers. Maybe principally we would all say, well, I should probably read my Bible more and pray more. I should probably build more meaningful relationships with others who I can read and pray together with so that we can encourage one another and, and, and build each other up. And we might find a lot of those kinds of common answers, but, but for you right now, what do you need to do differently to better Behold your God. See on the pages his character. See on the pages of Scripture the reality of this fallen, broken world. And yet God sovereignly at work, bringing about the greatest good in the darkest day. When the Son of God, we are celebrating in terms of Advent and his incarnation went to a cross. And on a cross he laid down a perfect life in the place of our sinful one. And that perfect life was so amazing that it paid the entirety of our debt, our debt of sin. It paid it in full measure. So full that there's not even a small smidge of interest left for us to pay. No, he paid it all at the cross. And not only that, he wanted us to know that that payment was received when he defeated death and rose again. And now, guess what he's doing? He's, he's reigning and ruling over all things. All things like, like tornadoes and cancer, covid even politics. He's reigning and ruling over it all. One day he's returning. And when he returns, he says, I'm making all things new. How does that change your perspective on this life? 
How does that bring encouragement to your heart? What do you need to do differently now to better behold that God, your God? Because we have encouragement here. Encouragement for our hearts. The character of God won't change. John said in his prayer, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We gain courage that not only disarms our fears and encourages our hearts, but strengthens our lives. Again, verse 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead those that are young or with young Jesus shepherds us. He carries us close, but get this, we also are to follow. We follow. And from that, we realize that, that as we better grasp all that is promised, fulfilled, and applied to our lives, the more we are strengthened, follow our shepherd. The better we grasp all that God is for us and has done for us and has given to us and is with us, the more we realize the strength we have to follow. The strength isn't us. The strength is God at work in us. The more we see that happening, the more strength we realize we have to follow Him. So I would say labor to know the sufficiency of Jesus for you. He is sufficient to gather you and carry you and lead you. And ask yourself this question, how might knowing the nature of Jesus, his care for you, actually strengthen you to live for him? How might knowing his care for you strengthen you to live for him? Maybe... Maybe it's been a hard season. It's a good chance. It's been a hard couple of seasons in our lives and in this world. And maybe particularly right now, it's been a particularly hard one for you. So I, I want to say to you, comfort is here. Courage is here. It's found in who God is and what He has done. May the wonders of His love unburden your tangled heart heart way down with the struggles of this life. And may you, may us, may we see through faith the nature of Jesus' tender care. Care that gathers us in, lifts us up, and carries us onward. May we rejoice in such good news. May the comfort and courage we gain from what we have in God Bring to us a joy. May the joy experienced in the advent of Jesus disarm our fear, encourage our hearts, and strengthen our lives as we follow our shepherd. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, and we pray that it would find a home in our hearts. There that we would experience comfort and courage to live for you, following after you, trusting you, God, I pray that you would indeed help us to see in increasing ways the scope and nature, strength and kindness, your care for us. And may that bring to us comfort and courage and great 
in the midst of a hard world. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.